Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Celtic scrape a second half draw against Plucky Dundee to stay right in it in the title race. This is Tino with the morning after final whistle show, joined here by Brido. Brido, brilliant night at Celtic Park. What's your take on it? Yeah, just a, a real feel-good factor after that, mate. Um, seven different goal scorers, different areas of the park, penetrative, um, controlled, um, Fantastic atmosphere, half-time atmosphere was sensational. All those things, all good, positive things, mate. After a well, um, a well-worked performance, and uh, hopefully that's the the start of something that we see more um, more often. So yeah, fingers crossed, and hopefully that's that's us on the kind of road to to playing those performances. Yeah, we spoke in the the weekly show. It was myself, Paddy, Matt, and Asim. And we asked the question, or I asked the question, you know, is this Celtic finally turning a corner? And it's a question we've all all asked so many times. And you can't turn a corner with one performance. But now we've managed to follow up the the very good second half against Motherwell with something really positive there against Dundee. And I know it's just Dundee, Brido, albeit they're having a good season. I think they're sitting in sixth place. But it doesn't matter, you know, if it's Dundee or Livingston or whoever it is against. There was so much to be positive about last night. And there's many things that, that we and others have rightfully picked up in terms of some negative stuff about Celtic this season. But there's there's lots of wee stories that took place last night. You know, you want to talk about Yang, you know, his continuing form. Daniel Kelly, 18-year-old kid coming off the bench to score a, a debut goal for Celtic. Matt O'Reilly getting back amongst the goals. Greg Taylor with two assists and a goal. Carter Vickers steady in presence. A, a real crackling atmosphere around the ground. We'll get to the halftime cheer that went up, Bridal. There's so many good things to talk about and now's the time for Celtic to really build on it and, and kick on from here. 
Yeah, absolutely, mate. And, uh, and I think it's like when teams are in like a relegation dogfight, things that don't go for them, you know, and they hit the bar and hit the post and they cleared off the line. And they always say, oh, when you're at the bottom of the table, these things don't go. It's the, it's the same when it just seems to, when, some, when you get lots of positive things, it seems to snowball and you start to get more positive things happening and it becomes good becomes great. Um, but when it's not going for you, which we've seen probably more often than we want to see this season, you know, when it's not going so well, then you may get an injury or you're like, God, what else can happen? Or your back four's decimated, but then somebody else gets injured again. You know, we've had that at the start of the season when we brought in like Phillips and things like that. You know, how many centre-halves can we lose? You know, it's just, it's some sometimes when it's going really bad, more bad things happen and then eventually it will turn. And you're, you're right, there's so many good things. Just It's almost like they're creeping up at the... At, this, at the right time and I think at this kind of part of the season they need to be primed, they need to be ready and they need to carry it forward and hopefully with all these positives um, your Carter Vickers coming back Hattati coming back is on the horizon hopefully these are all good timings and I think that that hopefully will take us to, to, to winning the league title Yeah, do you know what I'd forgot completely, genuinely completely about Nat Phillips till you mentioned his name there and do you know mm-hmm. what Bridal there's the incentive for these boys. They need to get Nat Phillips a medal. That's the challenge. Go and do your thing. Make sure that remembers his time fondly with a winner's medal. Um, let's take it to the start. What about the lineup, Brido? I suppose it's one that was fairly predictable following the, the result against Murrow, but you've got Adam Ida keeps his place up top. And really, really importantly, and let's just get it straight away, Tomoki Iwata sitting in the number six. I thought Yang was one of the match, he got one of the match. I thought Tomoki Awata was a, a very close second. How important has he become very quickly? You know, all of a sudden, how important has he become to what Celtic are trying to do? Well, very important because it's not just his position that he's um, doing well. He's allowing then Callum McGregor to then be more influential in the areas of the park that we seem to have a big problem with, and that was cre- creativity. Um, if you think that since he's came in, so he came in um, against Motherwell, obviously, um, and then he's obviously played last night. The way that we're playing and how we're playing is a direct um, result of the players that have came in. Carter Vickers is included, but if you're looking at just Iwata, um, so the proof's in the pudding, isn't it? We're, what we're seeing, our eyes aren't telling us any lies, and he's doing things. I put there a, a few words for him, like comfortable confident, concentrating on breaking it up and releasing the pass at the right time, at the right tempo. Um, perhaps Callum McGregor was trying to do too many jobs, I don't know. Um, again, though, he's not got other players around him that Burnaby's and that, they're not there. Um, so perhaps that helps him. But uh, he's just disciplined in that role and I think that's, we've really, really needed that. It also allows the fullbacks to kind of overlap and do a lot more with more confidence because they know that he's perhaps just going to sit there and cover wherever they go. So, yeah, I think he's right to get a lot of credit for that, um, for the performances so far. It's just a hope that he continues to keep it, if not even increase it even further. But he was he was, he was superb, and he has been yeah. since he came back in. It's a valid point you make about Callum McGregor trying to do too many jobs, because I would say the number six where Awata played last night, that in itself is a specialist job. And then the number eight role or a number 10 role further up your midfield, they in themselves are very individual, specialised positions. You can't do them both. You can't be the old-fashioned... I'm not sure the old-fashioned box-to-box midfielder is still a thing, 
the guy that does the defensive stuff and the offensive stuff. And I think what Awata has done very quickly is find a real balance. I was looking into it earlier on in terms of his kind of time at Celtic so far. So he only signed a year or so ago, January 23, but it's not really happened for him for different reasons. But he was on a mini run. He'd started three games in a row under Rodgers until he picked up the injury against Feyenoord. And he was very unlucky to do so. He went off after 18 minutes, I think it was. And now that he's fully fit again, Rodgers has trusted him to put him back in. Now that's to the detriment of the likes of Paolo Bernardo, maybe to a lesser extent, Odin Thiago home. But now is not a time for yeah. sentiment, Brido, and, and giving guys minutes for the sake of it. What you've got to look at is that all of a sudden Celtic have got better players back available. Carter Vickers, Greg Taylor falls into that category. Tomoki Iwata, absolutely. Yang on current performance. And it's going to sound harsh here, but what you don't have is the the madness of Burnaby and the inconsistency so far in its early days of Nicholas Kuhn and various other things. It's the most obvious thing in the world, Bridal, but having better players in the park makes you a better <laughs> team. It's as simple as that. There's a question from Plunge McNugget, uh, Plunge, good friend of the show, and often joins the chat, saying that he's delighted with the win last night, but why wait to work behind in the league to put in such a performance? And I wouldn't say it's through choice. I think it's just been a a way that it's fallen for Brendan Rodgers, Bridal. He's not had all these guys fit and available to him at any time. Hopefully, Rio Hattati's not far away as well, but he's had to play guys like Burnaby. He's had to shuffle the pack at centre-half. He's had issues with wingers. Bit by bit, that's starting to resolve itself and you see the reflection on the park. Yeah, and I, I truly believe the manager when he comes out and says he doesn't want his teams to play the way they've been playing. You know, the, the slow tempo, the this consistent kind of like linear, like just in front of defences all the time, Nothing, nobody getting into the byline, nobody penetrating, allowing teams to, I think, quite easily play against us. You know, really, no that, that then no fear factor. Um, and it is partly due to, in fact, it's wholly due to the individuals that are playing. If, if they're not confident and competent, then you're going to see the results that we've seen. Um, okay, you know, drawing games, they're not losing games, but not doing anywhere near enough to win the games. We got lucky against Hibs, we probably should have lost that game. So, I, these players coming back, I've got my views on Greg Taylor, as has been well documented in many podcasts, but it's like, but domestically, there's never a concern around them. There's never a concern around them domestically. Uh, he can do that against these teams, no problem. Uh, Iwata, obviously, coming in. Bernardo's a good football player. And I, I hope that we sign him. I really do. I think he's got a lot of attributes to offer. But he's a young player, and young players will have inconsistencies, and that's we've seen that across the board. Um, but like you said, it's just a chance for somebody else to come in and take take the jersey. It's not happened throughout the season for Rodgers in that regard. He's put new players in, and the players haven't responded, so he's had to keep changing it. The back four is the most important for me anyway, in keeping that the same. And I think that back four that started will be the back four that he continues with. Somebody made a point to me at the game last night and about the whole scales. I think we've had the whole scales experiment type chat as well. Um, okay, I don't. he's certainly got limitations, but see for the rest of this season, can we just try and keep it that four and we'll get the benefits from that consistency? And I think that has to be, and I think he's, when Navrotsky obviously been injured, it forced his hand anyway. But I think scales alongside Carter Vickers on the main will be enough to, to, to see us through, hopefully. Yeah, and I, and I think you're right. We we discussed an article that Michael Shearer put out for us last week about is the experiment, Liam Scales' experiment over or should it be over, something like that. 
And you can debate that back and forth if you want. But given the fact that there's nobody really chapping the door, Navarroski through injury and different things, but there's nobody saying, I'm your go-to guy. Bear the devil, you know. We know what Liam Scales is capable of. We also know what he's not capable of. And I think he's more than capable of seeing us through. And he's a better player. Everybody's a better player when Carter Vickers is next to you as well. And I think that's really reassuring. Uh, Bradley, we've obviously got a lot to cut through in terms of seven goals and various other things to highlight. But there's a, a pretty decent question that comes in from Stuart Miller, I think it is. Um, well, one of his questions is, is the big man still at his work? Talking to yourself, Bryder, but we'll skip past that one. Um, and we'll go to his question about Rio Hattati. And just simply, does Rio Hattati get straight into the team when he's fit? Now, I'll give you my own take on that quickly. I think Rio Hattati's one of the most talented players at Celtic Park. I think he's such a an asset to have. And when he's when he's on his game, he's a real real key player for us. But the dilemma is, if you're going with Tomoki Awata, which I really do think we should be doing, you know, I think we should find consistency for him. The question lies, are you going to drop your captain, Callum McGregor, or are you going to drop your guy that's, I think, your top goal scorer in the league, certainly, Matt O'Reilly? It's a tough one, and it's not as simple a question as it might have been just a couple of weeks ago. No, but I think seeing that midfield three, we're probably overplaying the players that are in there. You know, Matt mm. O'Reilly looked kind of dead in his feet at Fir Park without playing very well. He looked absolutely, you know done in and he's playing 90 minutes pretty much every game if we think about under Ange our front five players were the ones that get changed pretty much most weeks the two midfielders Carl McGregor would drop deep no matter what happened the two centre midfielders and your three attacking players and sometimes that would change but certainly four out of the five most games would be changed we've not had the ability or the luxury of doing that recently because we just don't have the quality that's there He's tried things like Kyogo and Ida playing together, which kind of takes one of those positions away. Hasn't really worked. Um, not really. Um, so if Hatati was available last night, for example, then if he doesn't start the game, then he's coming off the bench. We're looking at a bench with Hatati and Kyogo on it and Bernardo and players that we know that can play a certain level. That would then mean if Hatati started, then you would have... It could be a water on the bench, it could be O'Reilly, but for us to win a league and for us to change games, we need a strong bench and, and we need to use the squad. At this minute in time, we're getting by with the 11s, with the exception, obviously, on Sunday, where the subs made a marked improvement to the team, changed the game. So we're then looking at having like Ida as our number nine and Kyogo's now our sub. <laughs> you know, Hitati coming back one of those top players that you've just said would perhaps be the sub or him. So it needs to be used like that, I think, for us to, to keep getting the results. You can't keep playing the players for 90 minutes, game after game after game, with the exception for me, the back four. Yeah, and it's so important that when a manager needs to change things, which will happen often, that when he looks down at his subs bench, he's got some genuine quality to call upon. So you've got guys like Tony Ralston and... Stephen Welsh and you know young Rocco Vata and other guys that will take places in the bench just now. And with every respect to them, they're not the real game changers that you might need at any given time. But you could find yourself in a situation a few weeks ago, as you say, Brido, that you know you've got uh, Kyogo, Hatati, Louis Palmer, guys that can change games all of a sudden being options for you. And Brendan Rodgers highlighted the fact that, and obviously everyone can see this now, Games are effectively 100 minutes long now, given the the injury time that's often played in both halves. You need to go to your bench that is so important to you. And the very fact that you can change five guys, you can potentially freshen up 50% of your outfield players. 
it's important to have quality to call upon. And bit by bit, Celtic are getting those guys back. So an answer to the question about Rayo, we don't really have the answer, but he'll certainly have a huge part to play and hopefully he's back pretty soon. But let's get to these goals. Um, before we do, and, and I think it's Paul in the comments that mentioned that he feared the worst in the first five minutes, and I get that. I, I thought Dundee started pretty well. They had a, a shot that Hart done well to save down the right-hand side. They had a, at least one corner, if not two. And actually, one of the few things that Joe Hart had to do all game was he came out and punched across really effectively. You know, there's, there's a lot of clamour for Joe Hart to be coming out and claiming crosses more and all that stuff. He's never been that particular type of goalie, but he, when he needed to, he caught some distance on the punch and it just allowed Celtic to breathe. Bit by bit, we get our way into the game. And then it's seven minutes in and it's Cameron Carter-Vickers. I spoke about him last week and I said, it's so good to have him back. Listen, he's not a guy that's going to score goals or even assist. <laughs> but he'll close the door at the back. And lo and behold, it's him that opens the scoring. It's a really powerful header and it just set the tone for the whole rest of the night. It did. And there's many times we're sitting in Celtic Park and we get a corner or a free kick. He was well going to get a pie and a ball at that time when the queue's quiet because we're not threatening anything like other teams do. Um, but when you start to get guys like Carter Vickers back, um, then you do have a threat there. I mean, I don't, th- I don't know how many goals. I don't think he's got lots of goals, but even if he's not the one scoring, he's occupying a defender anyway, and he's he's doing his job for these things, and he's, he's so strong, <laughs> so strong. He might make space for somebody else. So, um, but a great header, a great header, and it was, um, I, I'll touch on most of these goals because it was, the free kick was won by a winger going on the outside of a fullback. The fullback rings him down, gets a yellow card, and they get free kicks in the final third of the park, where if we get more of them we get, and we put delivery like that in, we'll get more goals from set pieces. We just don't seem to get that many because we don't really commit defenders. So that's where it came from. Really good delivery and a fantastic header. Yeah, Brad, I've referenced you several times in recent weeks because you've been crying out for more from the wide areas from Celtic. And a big thing that you know, you've know you banged the drum on about is people on the left crossing balls with their left foot, people on the right doing the same with their right foot. Um, and whether it's the wingers, or the overlapping fullbacks. Again, deliveries and obviously dangerous deliveries from those areas will pay dividends. And, and we've seen that quite dramatically over the last you know game and a half there of football. Um, the second goal, it's, uh, it's another really good move. I think it's Yang who feeds Alistair Johnson, who whips in a brilliant ball. And we've got to credit Alistair Johnson. I think he's had an up and down season almost since he picked up the injury against Hibs and, and managed to make his recovery from that. He's been a different player the last couple of games. But in fact, since he ditched the mask, he took the mask off at far part, didn't he? And he's just come to life and it was a brilliant assist. You have to say there was a fair bit of work for Adam Eda to do. Um, he's shown a bit of um, inventiveness to, to catch it with the back of his head. But it's another powerful header and it's you know, the second big header from him in the space of a few days. No, it was a, it was a quality goal. A quality goal is a goal that we used to see quite a lot. Under O'Neill's time, um, even under Strachan's time, you did like say, yeah, yeah, very good Hesselinka, Chris Sutton, obviously before that. <clears throat> I think as Celtic fans, we there's periods of different players. Mister Dembele would be another one, you know, clever, strong play, but then clever play as well. Edward not so much, and since then it's always been kind of on the ground with Kyogo and stuff. Um, but for me, like being able having that option to put the ball into the box like that. And having a guy 
who a lot of folk have had a lot of things to say about him before he even put a jersey on. That is a really, really clever header. Really clever. To, he's just saying, I'll just get something on it, but he knows exactly what he's doing. And he's bullying that defender who's not who's not a small person. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? A lot yeah. bigger than me, that's for sure. But um, a great goal. It, it was well worked again. You know, Yang's making the, the fullback think that he could be going on the outside. It draws him back five yards further. He's then been able to lay that back. And that means Johnson and Taylor on the other side will see for the other goals. Far more time at a better angle to put a cross into the box. And, you know, and to be fair to him, like you said, he's then got another assist to his name um, as opposed to, uh, to add on to the ones on Sunday. So um, a really good goal, a great goal, actually. A really, really, really good goal. And, and uh, it really settled us after that and it kicked us on again. Yeah, it did. For the third goal, it's, a, it's another header. And actually, I've got to laugh. I turned into the fella next to me at the game, uh, Brian O'Donnell. <laughs> and I said to Brian, I said, geez, when did Celtic last score three headers? And then I said, in fact, when did Celtic last score three goals? Because it's just not been that kind of season. But the, the third goal is, it's another header and it's it's Matt O'Reilly. And it's Greg Taylor taking the opportunity to cross early from deep. You don't have to get to the byline. That's not a an absolute must. As long as you deliver into a dangerous area, your guys will have a chance. And you and I spoke earlier, Brydon, I thought you made a really uh, clever point about the fact that Adam Eda is occupying two big centre-halves in there. It's Joe Shaughnessy, he's certainly one of them. Can't remember the other guy. But he's kind of bustling with these two guys and you watch Matt O'Reilly drifting in and he's just allowed to drift into the space between them and stoop, you know, with the diving header. And it's it looks like an easy finish in the end up, but there's a lot goes on before it that leads up to that finish. Yeah, there is. And that movement, we talk about Kyogo's movement over the last couple of seasons, which is second to none, really. It is different, obviously. And what he's doing exactly, he's occupying at least one centre half at least one, but probably more often than not, the two of them, because he's, he's involving himself with both. Even the chances on Sunday, which not to go talk too much about Sunday, but the header he misses, Bernardo's behind him in that space, the exact same way that O'Reilly was in the space behind him last night. And, and and the fact, if you look at some of the other goals, there's always more than one option. Two or three of them could have probably scored in that moment. So he's taking care of two players for us, allowing forward runners from midfield, off fullbacks or wingers getting to the back post. And that's even the chances we missed on Sunday as well, with Maida in particular. And the goals we scored, he's he's involving himself even without touching the ball. And I think it's a massive, massive difference. And that's the, that focal point. He doesn't have to have the ball to his feet holding people off to, to be involved. He's 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 became so important to how we are playing. Uh and he's now a real threat, and he's, he's he's helping his teammates get on the score sheet as well by by creating space for them. And a lovely ball by Greg Taylor, and it's almost exactly the same goal, but the other side, Tavian Johnson's crossed it in for either It's Taylor that's put the ball in early for for uh, O'Reilly, and he takes his goal really well. Yeah, you've mentioned there, Bridal, just how how important Ida like Iwata has become very quickly. You know, four or five games ago, none of the two of them are in the team nor is Cameron Carter-Vickers. And there's a, a really good point from uh, Maestro95. He says, CCV and Awata solidify Celtic. And up front, we've got a focal point in Ida. The spine is looking solid. And that's exactly it. It's not to hop back to the, the glory days under Martin O'Neill, but first thing he done, and I think it was a bit of a, just a, a move he always made wherever he went, was just got a real solid spine. Get a you know a good, strong, experienced goalkeeper. 
although he didn't do that particularly well at Celtic, Martin O'Neill, but by the by. But then you've got your big centre-half, your strong centre-mid, your powerful striker. And, you know, for for guys like, you know, Bobo Baldy, Neil Lennon and Chris Sutton, you can now read Cameron Carter-Vickers, Tomoki Awata and Adam Ida to a huge extent. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And physicality, like a lump at Bridal, it's required in the Scottish game. You know, we're all for fast, free-flowing football. But at times you need to dig deep and and win the battles and, and things of that nature. And those three guys are, are definitely up for that. No more so than Adam Ida, who absolutely ragged all the guy at one point for, for daring to, I think, lift a hand or something like that. I was concerned at the time, I think I mentioned to you, I was concerned that we might have seen a red. Some refs would potentially have gone for that. But the refs, I think, made the right call, common sense, and giving him a yellow. But I like it for two reasons. I like the fact that he's shown other defenders in this country, in this league, he's not going to be messed about with. He's a big, powerful lad, and, and people can see that. And secondly, he's shown everyone at Celtic, his manager, his teammates, and us as fans, that he's up here for the fight. He's not just killing time between going back to Norwich and potentially moving on to another club. Right here, right now, he's committed to what Celtic are doing. And I thought it was just a really good side of his game. It's not a it's not a violent side of a game. That's not what I'm I'm advocating for. But it's an aggressive side of the game which sometimes you need and I'm I'm all for that. Uh, the fourth goal is <laughs> dies in Maeda. And I get uh, I get called out a wee bit on whenever last week after the Motherwell game for questioning Dies and Maeda's technical ability. And I was fairly harsh and to an extent I regret that but I kind of stand by it at the time. You know there was two huge chances against Motherwell at one each. You know, the one where he's opted for the diving header rather than just nodding it in. And the other one where he blazed it over the bar, I thought that was a decent chance as well. Their chances that could have come back to haunt us, and thankfully they never. But, you know, I was critical of Maeda at the time because he's as honest as the day is long. He gives you all that work rate, but sometimes the technical stuff is is lacking. He then latches on to a, a Matt O'Reilly through ball last night, rolls it with the sole of his foot, sends Joe Shaughnessy out the stadium more or less, and curls it, cultured left foot in at the corner. I'm pretty sure he looked up and winked at me when he done it, but I do, I'll need to double-check the tapes. But you've got to get credit where it's due. He's got it in the locker. And the, the frustration with Maeda is that he just doesn't do 
things of that nature often enough. You know, he finds himself in key areas, mm. but it can often break down. But that's a classy finish last night. It was top draw. It was top draw. It was. Um, I was probably no more or less surprised than you were, to be honest with you. I had to ask who was that scored it. I mean, they said it was him. I had to ask again because I just didn't see that happening. Because we've, and, you know, the criticism isn't because we want to criticise, it's because what we see and what we expect to see is that there's always a conundrum with him is that you're talking about physicality. Well, he gives us real physicality in a kind of winger position, which isn't notoriously what you see. He's physicality and he's challenging, he's running, he's power, he's energy, he's fitness, that kind of physicality. We don't get that from Palmer or certainly not Fikun or anybody else like that. So adding in that quality last night for him, um, and I think he might even have celebrated that goal. Um, I, I think he maybe done that or something and then that was him. But he, uh, again, good movement again, and it allows him, it allowed him to isolate the defender due to the movement of the players around him. Yang and Johnson involved as well. So to take that and tuck that in the corner, um, brilliant. And again, it's just like we said, when good things are happening, more good can sometimes come from that. And that's what we're finding. He, he could have hit another... 10 shots a few weeks ago and still never scored that. So, tucked it away brilliantly and he is, I think he is still really important for us because I don't think anybody else can play that position. Yeah. What's Japanese for get up, you know, because that's, that's, that's what he's given up. I think that's, uh, I'll not, I'll not attempt that. It's, no. it's uh, I'll follow Brendan Rodgers and, uh, and not say anything ever again. Yes, we have <laughs> that question. Um, next goal is from Greg Taylor. So, over the piece, Greg Taylor in the last couple of games now it's three assists and a goal which is pretty decent you know numbers for a left back and he's just he, he's kept his run going I think it's again a, a an early deep cross from Alistair Johnson takes the deflection and Taylor's there on hand to tuck it away and it's a nice tidy finish and, and real credit to him um we'll move on to the last goal and a half too many goals Bright <laughs> I've lost back in the last goal uh remind me Yang Low cross, McGregor and Taylor playing five a side in the box. Exactly that, exactly that. that. And uh, it's Yang, I wrote something earlier on, I put an article out on the website about seven things we learned from last night. And one thing is that Yang is absolutely flying and he looked like a different player to the one that, that left for the Asian Cup. He didn't get many minutes out there, but he seems to come back a just a more confident character. And as you say, Brido, he amongst others, he's not just like a... A scalp of a winger, you know, a, a, you know, ten stone kind of guy, just you know, light on his feet. He's a powerful boy, a powerful runner. He also does a power of work off the ball. We've obviously spoken about Owen Beck as a potential left back for Celtic, you know, on loan from Liverpool at Dundee at this moment in time. And Yang absolutely tore shreds off him. And and I'm not been too harsh on the boy. He's he's a young player, just you know, starting to make his way in the game. But as is Yang, Yang's 21, and he just tore strips off him, and that was. Yet another example, he, he tied them in knots, he's drilled it low and hard across the box, and McGregor and Taylor play past the parcel before McGregor tucks it away. And it's a boost for Callum McGregor because he's been criticised by us and by others, but he was back ticking along nicely, and he's obviously in this more advanced position at this moment in time. And a goal is great for anybody's confidence, but you know, a big boost for the captain. Yeah, and you're right about Yang. Um, he makes that. Um, again, I it's a low cross from the right hand side on his strong foot, puts it into the into the dangerous area. 
But Owen Beck actually popped into the pharmacy. He was, he was still looking for Yang this morning. So I had to tell him I've not seen him. He's, like, he's, he's at the training ground. But he um, he tore him to pieces. And like you said, that physicality just he bullied him. He tore him to pieces, put that ball across. And uh, we were all shouting for Carl McGregor to shoot the first time. I don't know why he doesn't. He's done it in a few games. He passes the parcel, like you say, pass the buck. Then he gets it back. They think, I better shoot this time. I can't pass it again. I think his decision was made for him. And he hits alone hard, and he's, if he's not scoring from there, then he's uh, he's off form. So, uh, yeah, you're right. I think the goals help everybody. Right? The, uh, but Cal McGregor is that type of guy. I think it's not the goals. I think it's the performance he looks for. Um, he's not necessarily looking at his numbers and goals, but they always help. And uh, it was just an incredible way to to finish a, a half six nothing up, um, and that led us obviously to the to the cheers at half time. Yeah, do you know? I honestly can't remember when Celtic were last six 0 up at half time. I'd, I'd need to dig deep and dig back into the archives. I don't know if anyone in the comments, excuse me, knows when that may have been. And I, you've got to include Ange Ball and, and everything that went with that in these times. And sometimes things just click. That's just football. You have these moments where it just comes together. And last night was absolutely, you know, one of those nights, one of those moments. And to go in six 0 at half time, and obviously at five 0 Dundee have harshly had the goal you know, chopped off or offside, Curtis Main. It was the kind of one of the few attacks they've had in the full game. And Celtic almost responded immediately. You know, instead of saying, well, we'll just say, oh, we'll go in, you know, five and a half time, that'll do us. They've lifted the level again. You know, it's almost kind of woken them up out of a wee bit of complacency and they've gone and get that sixth goal. But Bridal, what do you make of the the roar that you mentioned? It was it was quite something, wasn't it? And I think it was a, a combination of all sorts of things. Frustration at some of the stuff that's gone so far for the season, um, a bit of defiance, a bit of resilience from the fans about the noise from the other side of the city and the title challenge, and just a real coming together as if to say, listen, this is our title. We're not giving this up and we're right behind you. What a boost it must have given the players going down that tunnel. Oh, I had to have done. I had to have done. I've not really listened to... To Brendan Rogers' comments or anything about it, I think I caught a wee clip where he says that they deserved it, and they hundred percent did. Um, they coming, they coming together, the fans, the players, and the manager. It's so vital, and it couldn't be any more vital than it is right now. It can't be whether we like a guy or don't like a guy. It needs to be, but everybody needs to play their part. They can't expect the fans to be cheering, cheering, cheering when it's absolute garbage that we've been watching, which has been the case. But then the fans, it's your job that see when we do see that, it didn't have to be six nothing or whatever, but that was obviously emphatic. But when we see the effort and the tempo and the, the work rate and all the and the quality, then it's our job to respond to that the way we did. And it makes me proud that just I think it just reminds us all why we go. It was freezing cold, it was, you know, it was, the rain was coming down for the heavens. Wednesday night, but so so important. It's so important, and the way the fans responded, we should all feel proud of ourselves, and the players should feel proud of themselves for the, how they've done it. There's times where I've been watching Celtic that you remember they're not necessarily overly, um, you know, overly important, but you just remember them, and there's and, and we tend to all share them because we, we feel the same at the same time. Like I remember three uh, nothing at Kilmarnock, that type of thing, and coming back, and then we got a point, we dropped two points, but it felt like something. It felt like something mm-hmm. important. It felt far, far different to winning the game in the last minute with a penalty at Easter Road two weeks ago. You know, we win the game, but it didn't feel good. We're six yeah. nothing up at home at Dundee. We should expect to be Dundee at home, okay? But that just that coming together of everything clicking together 
and that feel good factor. It helped obviously Rangers were getting beat one nothing at the time, but that wasn't that, that had nothing to do with that. I don't think. I think it was about us responding to perhaps criticism of us as fans. We've had that too, you know, by the manager or by some of the not the players as such, but the media. They're jumping on it, you know. They, they enjoy the fact that that we're the ones that are most critical. Um, you know, Brendan said about the outside noise, and they're saying what's well, inside noise. It's the fans that are doing it. So I think we, we we played our part by doing that, and it was a great feeling. It was like here's in the back of the next stuff. Even thinking about it today, that's exactly how we felt. And yeah, I think uh, it could prove to be a real moment when we look back, hopefully, um, at the end of the season. Yeah, and you know, it lets the players know just how much the, the fans are fully behind them here in this, this drive for the title. You might have seen the banner, Brido, after the game the, the boys Celtic lads put up, and it was write our own story, which is obviously in reference to Brendan Rodgers' comments just at the weekend there, we'll write our own story. And it's followed by a banner saying, fight it out until the end. Again, you know, a show of defiance, show of resilience, uh, you know, in, in words of that nature. Brendan Rodgers said something a couple of weeks ago that, you know, you can't expect or you can't get complacent about fans just turning up and always, you know, being fully behind you because you've got to give them something to get excited about. And he, in one of his interviews, put that challenge back to his players. You know, it's up to you to to stir the responses in the stands and then it's a, you know, it's a two-way street, isn't it? And that's exactly what we've seen. You know, the players done their job in the night, the fans done their job. And I thought there was just a real kind of crackling in the atmosphere all night last night. You know, I thought it was just a real buzz. And... I know it's Dundee, you know, and I know there's, there's bigger fish to fry moving on, but it was as enjoyable a night at Celtic Park in a long time, you know, across various managers. It was a real, a real brilliant night and a real buzz. Uh, big buzz for us, Brido. What a buzz for Daniel Kelly. So he gets an odd at half time, he replaces the captain and he slots into Celtic's midfield. No easy task, you know, big shoes to fill and all that stuff. And I thought, stepping into a team full of international players, full house at Celtic Park, I thought he looked very assured and and certainly not out of place. And to go and do that, you know, to go and play your 45 minutes and play your part in the bun would have been just fine. But he's gone one better. He's got the, the debut goal. So he got minutes against Bucky Thistle, but this was his league debut for Celtic. 18 years of age. I think he turned 18 in October. And it's a hell of a finish. So Yang's doing his thing again on the right-hand side. It's he who cuts it across at an angle, low and hard, and he steps onto it. I believe he's more naturally left-footed. So all the more impressive to smash that in. Uh, Curling with his right foot. What a night for the young man. Uh, and I think, see, even when we play these young players, we always give them more leeway because we're desperate for them to live the dream that we probably all had at one point in time. And we want them to do, well, we want all our players to do well. But, you know, when, when you play a young boy from Scotland and he's a Celtic supporter and whatever, and, and they get that chance, every one of us is willing them with everything we've got to do well. If that player can then respond, and but that goal is absolutely top draw. Absolutely top draw. But he also had other moments in the game where he, he should have had two or three fouls, actually, where he's committed players. He looked confident, competent, getting past uh, midfielders, playing nice passes. He didn't look like he was worried, you know. He wanted the ball as much as he could and he wanted to influence the game where he could. Unfortunately, when he comes on, obviously, the game dies down a bit after five or six, seven goals. So but he's um he's 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 left his mark uh, on a on a memorable a memorable performance. Um and he's probably somebody that you're looking at if we can get game time this season then fantastic if there's more games like that. But he's then th somebody you're thinking for pre season next year, you know, 
is he going to be in the mix? Is he that quality? I believe from what you're reading here, there's real, real potential that he could be. So, yeah, let's uh, let's see and watch his story on on Furl and hopefully it's one that's a it's a positive one. Yeah, you seen him get interviewed potentially with um, who is it? Your man from Celtic anyway, interviewing him and Callum McGregor after the game, and he quite quiet and certainly at this stage, you know, unassuming young man, but you could tell he was beaming, he was kind of desperate to kind of smile and let it all out. And he was talking about the fact that he had family in the stands, he had some extra friends that had come along. And as you say, Bridal, he's living everybody's dream. It's the dream of every young man just now, all the younger kids that are around and, and following Celtic and try to do their thing. And it's certainly been the dream of most of us at some point. And it's a, it's just another huge positive, Bridal, you know, picked up the various things here, you know, the, the various kind of narratives that you know can kind I of cut through last night's game but the <clears throat> the emergence of one of your own you know to coin that phrase an 18 year old kid who's been at Barrafield in Lennox Town sorry since he was eight I think uh and now doing his thing on the big stage and that's always something to get excited about I suppose the the frustration can I call it that is that we don't add to the tally I will bite your hand off all day long for seven one right <laughs> Not, nothing to complain about here um but you know, you're thinking goal difference could play a part this season. You never know how it's going to play out. And the prospect of getting 8, 9, 10, <clears throat> you know, pretty exciting and stuff like that. But you'll set off for the seven and obviously then you get the late consolation. I think it was just a bit of slackness. I think guys switched off and hard not to do so when you're seven goals to the good at that time. But, but I think over the piece here, you know, in the kind of 35, 40 minutes we've been recording, we've pretty much covered every player. We're not going into too much of the subs. Not a huge impact out with Daniel Kelly, but Every player in the 11s played a huge part. That you know they've all had a really good game from Joe Hart right through to Adamida. Uh, Yang obviously picks up man of the match as I mentioned. Awata wasn't far behind for me. Um, Matt O'Reilly caught the bar in the first half with his sweet a volley. As you'll see the the the, the ooze were <laughs> ringing out, oh, and then you had uh, Louis Palmer. He's clipped the bar with one in the second half. There might be some stuff I've missed, Bridal, because there's lots going on, and I'm delighted with mm. it, but. As we start to head towards the end of the piece, is there anything else that you want to pick up on, anything, anything to cover that we've not managed to catch? Yeah, well, we've kind of touched on it, but I think the importance of Carter Vickers. I mean, I think I told you earlier on in the phone, actually, that he's played 90 minutes of football, basically, and he's been, he's won 9-0. <laughs> you know I mean? He's like, he's not conceded any goals, and he's played his part in, I think, nine goals or whatever it was when he's, when he's left. So, it's... The, the, the influence, I made a point about a player like that coming back and I got shot down by some of my mates um, or some Rangers fans. Like, well, one player, one player, we've been without loads of players, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but the way we play and the importance of guys like that, it's it's huge, absolutely huge. So for me, that there's that emphasis on him coming back and that's him getting more and more fit. Um, that we'll need him for 90 minutes every game. Uh, I just think that I'd take the overly highlight, if you like, the importance of Carter Vickers and the importance of, I think that's nine out of the last 10 goals that have came from crosses from right on the right and left on the left. And it's just getting to that byline and it's it's making defences start to fear us again. So I think as a collective um, and individually, I think we're starting to kind of just get that engine going, hopefully, and um, a big game on Sunday. Yeah, definitely. Um the Prophet in the comments, as well as Plunge McNugget, have mentioned Matt O'Reilly and singled him out for praise. Plunge says it's his best game in a long time, uh, and the Prophet's highlighted that we hadn't spent much time on him. And they're right, and he's just one of another 
top performer on the night. He's he's stuttered since the turn of the year, you know, and I think it's it's no doubt the Atletico Madrid stuff that must affect you, Brido. A team like that potentially offering life changing money, a different way of life at a top level of football. Um, but I thought he was he was excellent last night, getting his goal. You know, as I say, I think he remains top scorer for Celtic in the league, and he just looked more assured, more confident, and he had a wee bit of the swagger back that you kind of associate with Matt O'Reilly. So that was great to see. And there's also uh, another kind comment from Paul here. Paul's highlighted. So Paul says, "I love your series of CSCs around the globe. You know, uh, you need to come to Belfast, and I await your invite, Paul, for that. <laughs> I'm going to stay here, but." Uh, great and uh, very interesting seeing the American support. What Paul's referencing there is a, a mini series we're running just now called CSC Stories, and we've spoken to various CSCs across the globe. I'm speaking to some guys tonight from Cork, speaking to some guys from the States again next week. I've spoken to Chicago, Detroit, Swindon, and there's so many more to come. And they're really interesting, Brian, though, because aside from the you know the specifics of games like last night, it tells the the bigger picture of of the reasons why people support Celtic and and why they do so much and put in so much you know, effort to try and catch you know footage of Celtic around the globe. So if you do get the chance, whether on podcast or YouTube, you can check all of them out right now on our channels. But I know you you mentioned Hearts, and of course that's the the next big challenge. You used a term when we were speaking earlier on about the opportunity that Sunday presents to draw a line in the sand after a you'd call it a sticky and up and down spell for Celtic, but if we can manage to get a, a crucial three points at Tynecastle, what a boost that would give us for the remaining nine games after that. We're in a ten-game series here. What do you think about it? Yeah, I think it's a it's it's a massive one for a number of reasons. One, Hearts are a good side. Um, the atmosphere is always, as we know, at Tynecastle, quite mental at times. Um, but it's also one that Rangers will be looking at that game and thinking that we can drop points. The fixtures haven't been overly kind as the last wee while um, for some tough games. We've let ourselves down with dropping points at home and see if we had won those games, perhaps dropping points at Tynecastle or getting a draw or something like that. We could forgive that. But because we've dropped the points at home, the easier points, we need to start making sure we don't drop anything else. And that includes having to go to Hearts and get nothing nothing short of a win. Um, after that... Um, and because we're in a title race and it's so tight, we've got to look at the other side and we've got to see what the advantages are for us. And I look at that and then after the weekend's fixtures, so Rangers have got Motherwell at home, they expect him to get their points. If we get our three points on Sunday, it leaves it at two points. We've got a Scottish Cup game, but Rangers have got two Europa League games and and the Scottish Cup game to contend with. And then they're away to, I think it's Dundee and we're at home at St. Johnson. So they've got a lot of games to cram in where we don't, and we should be able to come back rejuvenated and strong. So if we get those three points, and even if it stays two points, all the way up to the game at Ibrox, they've got four out of the last six games away from home. And I think, and we've got four of the last six at home, including playing them. <clears throat> I just think that is a massive, massive factor. Um, and not to look too far ahead, because we, need, we do genuinely need to take a game at a time. To create that, you know, we've all got different ways of thinking and, and I'm quite calm at the minute about it. I'm quite calm, I'm quite confident. Um, but Sunday will be a real test. And I think if we come through that test with all the other stuff from Brendan Rodgers calling a BBC reporter a good girl to fans falling out with the manager to sack the board to Kyogo not playing well, scoring well and... 
all this, the January transfer window, all of that stuff, I feel like we beat them on Sunday. We don't then play another league game until the 16th of March. I think it's against St. Johnston. We win the cup game at home. We're at Hamden, hopefully, after that. All of a sudden, we're okay. Like, it's it's not a disaster. Meanwhile, our, our uh, competitors have to they have to go away Easter Road in the Cup. They could easily get put out of that. Could easily get put out of the Europa League by Benfica. And it's amazing how those wee negatives creep in. We just talked about the positives for us recently. And it's amazing that those negatives can creep in for them and it creates doubt. And uh, yeah, one team's got to go and win all their games to win the league, I think. And I think that team are certainly not going to beat or drop any more points as us. Yeah. I think... Um... It is amazing how much can change in, in a game and a half of football. Uh, Bridal, take yourself back to half time at Fort Park on I Sunday. I don't want yeah. to. I don't want I'm taking to. you there. I'm taking you there because if I have to go, you have to go. And it was <laughs> it was just grand viewing for all of us here. You know, it was it was pretty concerning. <laughs> and a lot of us did not see the turnaround that we've seen a at Fort Park and then you know the follow up there uh, last night. So it's it's great to see, but there's a long way to go. But we've put ourselves in a a pretty strong position, and all of a sudden, Brido, the clouds are starting to clear and things are looking a, mo- a lot more positive. Yeah, a couple of comments to finish. So the Maestro says that if Celtic raise their game, sorry, if Hearts raise their game, it's up to us to take it higher. It's in our hands. And I would say that's the message across the board, Brido. We can't look across the city. Who cares? Doesn't matter. As long as we keep focusing ourselves on winning our games, we should be absolutely fine. Final comment uh, for this afternoon. I need to put it to the Prophet. The Prophet always... <laughs> comments on what we do and he just asked you know why the discrimination <laughs> showing my comments there you are Prophet thanks for your, your contributions and thanks to everybody uh, who's chipped in as always in the live it really makes a big difference to what myself Bride and the guys can do in the show so we really appreciate it thanks to to everyone as always that tunes into the podcast version we're back, we're back tomorrow Friday with the countdown to kick off ahead of that Celtic v Hearts game but in the meantime enjoy the rest of your Thursday myself and Bride will see you soon Podcast Network.